Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. And it's hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Come on in, stay a while. Gang's all here, including Fritzy. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Also, next batch of tailgate moonshine, you will need to sign up for the Dan Patrick Show newsletter. And uh, you go to danpatrick.com, put in your email address that comes out, bottom right corner. And you get details on all the, the uh, things we have for sale, new T-shirts, and the uh, tailgate moonshine, the pumpkin spice maple. Uh, that'll be coming out sometime next week. Also, calendars. We have the DP Show calendars. Do we have those calendars? Did they come in, Seton? They are in and currently being signed. Okay. Who's signing them? Uh, well, I've signed a few. Oh, I've you have? I've signed a few, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know we normally do that thing where we sign a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're starting to work on. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, then I'll sign them too. I mean, that that would probably be a hit with the people. <laughs> Not in that order. <laughs> yes, Paul. They're very highbrow this year. I don't want to give anything away, but they're very. Um, you know, we've elevated our our game artistically. At these calendars, yeah. I would say, we are uh, on homage. Yeah, I'm uh, being called out because I'm not mentioning the coaches who were successful in the NFL, and that is Jimmy Johnson and Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll and Dennis Green. So, uh, yes, those guys uh, were successful. Uh, Pete is still successful. Uh, Jim Harbaugh back at uh, Michigan. But I was 
pointing out a pretty good list here of coaches who haven't done well. Urban Meyer, Chip Kelly, Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier, Lou Holtz, Dennis Erickson. They had pretty good resumes as well. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to leave to go to the Chicago Bears, you got to understand uh, that Chicago Bears aren't very good. And that's why there's an opening or will be an opening probably with the Bears. And if Caleb Williams goes and all of a sudden Lincoln Riley goes and it's a package deal, uh, that, that could be interesting. We'll talk to Scott Wolf. Uh, he will join us coming up, a uh, reporter for Inside US, uh, USC, and get his thoughts on sort of what's, I don't know, circling. I don't know if it's like legitimate reports here, but the fact that Lincoln Riley is he putting out feelers to maybe, maybe go to the NFL. Also, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, did he ask for a piece of the team, if whoever he's drafted by? We're going to find out about that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. Downloading the app and our streaming partner there. We'll get to phone calls coming up as well. Peter Schrager, uh, NFL Insider, NFL Network, will join us. Chris Collinsworth will stop by as well. The uh, Phillies and the Diamondbacks, Game 3 this afternoon. The Astros and Rangers, that'll be Game 4 tonight. Jags and the Saints coming up tonight. The Jags are getting one against the Saints. The over-under is 40. And speaking of gambling, the gambling podcast, Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble. We will record another episode after the show. It'll be available at danpatrick.com. And that means Shea and Irving, Dylan the graphics guy, Dylan the graphics guy who took the money line on Stanford to beat Colorado. And you have Bad Larry who will join us as well. All right, Seton, poll question for hour two is going to be what? We've currently got three working. Mm. Thrice. All right. Uh, do you believe Caleb Williams asked for Caleb Williams asked for equity in the team that drafts him? Right now, sixty-six percent of the audience say no. Okay. Who would you put in the Hall Ooh. of Fame first, Alex Rodriguez or Jose Altuve? <laughs> right now, Alex Rodriguez, sixty-seven percent of the vote. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is dot dot dot. Ooh. Ooh, playing the dot, dot, dot game. A top 10 NFL quarterback. Somewhat disappointing so far. There's no right in now between? That's, it's 50-50. There's no middle girl. Oh, okay. But apparently, if you're 11 down, you're somewhat disappointing. Okay. I think if you're, if you're after 15, you'd be disappointed. Well, number one overall pick. All right. Yeah, Paul. I didn't give a middle ground answer on that poll question. I was working one up. I was like, you know what? You got to pick your direction. What you think of him so far? Middle ground is always terrible in these poll questions <laughs> because that's what everybody goes that's, to. It's called so, yeah. Todd. That's where Todd lands. Yeah, no, Mid it's, middle ground doesn't work in this poll question no. game. Okay, all right, I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he is a top ten quarterback. I think he is. Now, is he a talent like a top ten talent, or do we? Like, how do you do this? If I put, you know, Josh Herbert in there, uh, um, Justin Herbert in there, do I... And Lawrence beat him in a playoff game. And can you put uh, Herbert above him? Just... I think most people would. Um, I've got a bunch of lists here, preseason list, and yeah. Trevor Lawrence is anywhere from seven... To 12. Okay. He never goes too, too far down the list. On a couple lists, he's ahead of Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, I think we've seen the ceiling for Lamar Jackson. We, we've seen he was an MVP. Now, can he get back there? There's still, I don't know if they know exactly how to use him with a new offensive coordinator. You've got some weapons, wide receiver. Uh, you got a couple of good wide receivers. you got a really good tight end. They've never had that running game. That's where I think would be a great destination for Derrick Henry. You know, because somebody it feels like is going to get Derrick Henry this year. If, if the Titans aren't formidable, is Derrick Henry going to be available? And is that Buffalo? Is that, you know, Cincinnati? I think there are a few teams where you go, oh, boy, if they would get somebody like him. But I, I wondered about that. Um, so is Trevor Lawrence... Give me that. Give me that. So, is he a top ten quarterback or is he a disappointment? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. Well, he's more of a top ten quarterback than a disappointment because I'm going to give him the whole pass for that first year with Urban Meyer because he had to be the grown up in the room. Um. Yeah, Paul. Trevor Lawrence led the league in interceptions as a rookie. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Peyton Manning did that. A bunch of other guys did that. Brett Favre led the league in interceptions a couple times. Elway Eli- did, I El- think, as well. Elway, Breeze, Eli, uh, lots of really good quarterbacks. Matt Stafford. Well, he went to a bad team. I mean, that's why they had the number one pick. Yeah, Seaton. Probably a lot of terrible quarterbacks that have done the same, too, though. Huh? <laughs> Ooh. Well, you have to be good enough to be able to continue to play. When you think about it, <laughs> right? Like you got to be good enough to be bad. I mean, there might be the you know the flip side of that too. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, uh, Scott Wolf. <laughs> he's been covering USC for over twenty five years. Reporter for Inside USC Blog, and caught my attention with this story uh, yesterday. And I had speculated this on the preseason. I had no information, no inside information, other than is Lincoln Riley putting out feelers to take a job in the NFL next season, maybe a package deal with Caleb Williams. And that's what Scott uh, wrote yesterday. The word is Riley would be open to an NFL job if he could follow Caleb Williams and uh, if the Bears had the number one pick in the draft. Let's bring in Scott now. Scott, how real is this? Well, I think it's, you know, coaches are notorious gossips, which is why I love (laughs) coaches. So I've heard this from three different NFL coaches that they've heard he's putting out feelers to NFL teams that he's ready to jump if it's the right scenario, which means he wants to go somewhere with Caleb Williams, uh, you know, presumably the number one pick in the draft. So it would be the team that had the top pick or traded for the top pick. And that would be the ticket uh, to the NFL. And, and if you listen to him talk the last uh, couple months, he keeps saying, I only want to coach till I'm 50, which would be 10 years. So this would probably be a time to think about jumping to the NFL if, if he wants to do it. Just a coincidence that this comes out after the bad loss to Notre Dame? Uh, yeah, I, I actually heard it uh, last week before the game, and I, I waited to kind of talk to a couple other people because I didn't want to just write it without – kind of getting it from other sources. And uh, I, I do sense, though, you know, the loss kind of uh, magnifies the situation a little bit because I think he is getting a little frustrated right now because there is a lot of criticism in L.A. with the team, the way it looks. That You know, for two years they've been talking about the horrible defense and his lack of a defensive coordinator. 
And all that stuff, I think, kind of wears on him. And he's looking at life without Caleb Williams. So <laughs> I, I think it's something he's pondering. Yeah, I, I think that that Notre Dame loss kind of illuminated what people were afraid to say. And that is USC is not a great team, even very good, and maybe some, maybe not even a good team. I think that Caleb has kind of covered up a lot of things here. And if you look around, the Pac-12 got some pretty good teams there. And I don't, is this a, a rebuild USC situation, do you think? Let's say Caleb leaves when he leaves and Lincoln Riley stays. Are they reloading or rebuilding? Well, to me, the big question is, does Alex Grinch come back if Lincoln mm. Riley stays? I, I think he needs a top-notch defensive coordinator, and he's resisted that his whole career. You know, he's a Mike Leach disciple. These guys don't know any defensive coaches. They don't care about defense, it almost seems like. And and like you said, Caleb Williams is an eraser. He erased all their problems. And I, I feel like a broken record talking about, you know, the cornerbacks, the offensive line, the scheme on defense. So I don't know how much he can fix those things. Um, you know, we, we, we can call it a rebuild, but he's gone so aggressive in the transfer portal. Yeah. I don't know how much more he can do in the transfer portal for next year. What do you make of the story that's resurfaced that Caleb Williams is – his reps are telling teams or agents uh, to tell teams that he wants a piece of the team if uh, he goes there. I think that's farcical, to be honest with you. I mean, a, a rookie coming in and saying he wants a piece of the team who hasn't even proven himself. I mean, is he going to show the game tape of the Notre Dame game when he makes this pitch to get <laughs> a piece of the team? I mean, an NFL owner, I think, would just laugh at such a prospect. And, you know, I don't know that he's actually said that. There's, I saw the report that he did. And, you know, he's he's uh, welcome to ask for anything he wants, but th th we're talking about the NFL here. I mean, give me a break that a, a rookie is going to come in and get a piece of the team. But what, what kind of advice is he getting? Because you can't do this. Legally, you can't get a piece of the team because then you could circumvent the salary cap. I could give uh, Patrick Mahomes a million dollars and a piece of the team. Therefore, I don't have to give him you know, $55 million, I can use that money elsewhere. So it, it is farcical that you would even ask that question because it, it's illegal. It's against the CBA. So I, that's why I don't know if he's being sabotaged here. It just feels like it's uh, people might start to pile on Caleb Williams a little bit. Well, you know, anybody could say it because he's like a conglomerate at this point, even though he's in college with all his endorsement deals and his management. Yeah. And, you know, his father obviously is a very big influence. And he's already talked publicly about, you know, we have to go to the worst team in the NFL if he's the number one pick. And that's not really ideal, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think all this stuff at the end of the day, he's going to go as the number one pick wherever he's picked and that's the end of the story because I, I look at him and he looks a little jaded to me this year. And, and I think he's kind of uh, frustrated and, and just want to, I want to add something to this, you know, idea he would go with Riley it at the Arizona state game. He was waving uh, Riley off during the game when Riley was trying to signal him to change plays. So I'm not even sure that deep down he wants to play with. Well, Riley. you know what, Scott, he, if, if I'm correct with this, that it felt like Lincoln Riley was pointing fingers at Caleb Williams missing wide open receivers when he threw those three interceptions against Notre Dame. 
Yeah, that's something, you know, we haven't seen in L.A. as uh, from Lincoln Riley because they've been successful. But it looks like when they lose or struggle, he kind of points the fingers at the players. And it finally got around. Uh, Caleb Williams became the focal point of that criticism yeah. after the game Saturday. And I, that's something you haven't seen out of him because he hasn't had to criticize him. But uh, you're seeing, I think, a fraying around the edges of the program right now because they're dealing with adversity for the first time. And it's only been one loss. What happens when they play <laughs> Oregon, Washington, you know, UCLA, they got to play Utah this Saturday. So uh, everybody's kind of holding their breath to see how the last five games are going to go. Is Lincoln Riley the head coach at USC next year? <laughs> That's a hard question. Um, I, I suspect he will be back just because I'm not sure an NFL team is going to want him. And, and what I've heard is if they did want him, they would order him to hire a defensive coordinator that they want and defensive coaches that they want. And I don't know if he's ready to give up that power. So I don't know if he's ready to make that big leap right now. But, hey, if the Chicago Bears came, I, I'm sure he would try to go. Scott, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, Dan. Scott Wolf, reporter for Inside USC Blog. He's been covering USC for 25 years now. That's why I, when I saw who wrote it, and I was like, oh, we should talk to Scott about this because I, I think it could happen. That's why I brought it up in the preseason. And I know that there were people saying, well, he's not leaving. You just got there. <laughs> it's, I mean, how many opportunities do you have where you could go to the NFL, which is probably his goal, and you're going to go with Caleb Williams. That's a good start for your coaching career. Coaches get fired, as I say all the time, when they don't have their quarterback. If you have your quarterback, chances are you're going to stay employed because we will see the possibility. We'll see the hope there. Now, Chicago, you know, Eberflus is going to probably lose his job. He doesn't, doesn't have his quarterback there. I don't know if Carolina has their quarterback. Uh Houston has their quarterback. The Colts, I don't know if they have their quarterback. You just go around the league and you go, do they have their Does Tampa have their quarterback? No, probably not. But you're, you're look, do, does uh, Las Vegas have their quarterback? Probably not. And those coaches will be on the hot seat at some point, whether it's this year or next year. Just goes along with the territory. Um, but when you have that quarterback... You know, with Arizona, do you have your quarterback? Do you want Kyler Murray? How about this conundrum, as we like to say? He's coming back to practice. Kyler Murray, if I'm Kyler Murray, I want to play so my team can't be in a position to take draft my successor. But if you're management, do you want to put him on ice? Because... Do you want Kyler Murray or do you want the possibility of getting Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix Jr.? How interesting must that be? Hey, Kyler, um, good to see you, I think. Yes, Marv. I just love when a team is in position to get the number one pick and they lose or they win their last game. No. And somebody's <laughs> like, oh, congratulations. Ah, shut up. <laughs> we lost out on Caleb Williams. Yes, Paul. Uh, a month ago, Arizona had the third and fourth pick of the draft. That's where they were in the, mm -hmm. the tankathon rankings. Right now, the Arizona Cardinals had the fourth pick of the draft, and the pick they got from Houston, because Houston's doing okay, is the 13th pick of the draft. Mm. And there's a lot of football left to be played. Sure. Paul. 
All right. <laughs> uh, let's take a break here. Peter Schrager on loan from NFL Network will stop by. Chris Collinsworth in an hour from now. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The original light beer, 1975, Miller Light. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Light, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. We don't do too many things to be proud of, but I am proud of the calendars this year. I just saw them. They just came in. We're signing a batch of them. They look great. We did a takeoff on famous portraits, uh, paintings, there's some really, really well done. French Kid did a wonderful job with this, and uh, we have the calendars. Are they available right now, Seton, to pre-order at danpatrick.com? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll let you know yet. when they're available, but they are great. Also, next week, we'll let you know about the uh, latest batch of Tailgate Moonshine. If you're on the newsletter, you'll find out first. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. He's Peter Schrager, NFL Network, Good Morning Football co-host, and you can see him there uh, Monday through Friday at 7 Eastern. Uh, Peter joins us on the program now. 
How real are these Caleb Williams rumors, or is it becoming a story of I, I, there's five teams I'll go to, I want a piece of the team, what do you make of this? Or, you know, could he go back to school? Feels like there's a lot going on here. Well, the NFL's monitoring this stuff, Dan, obviously, and that was the first time I heard of the piece of the team conversation. That one just showed up this week, and I had not heard that prior prior to this. But the NIL money makes it different. This isn't a State Farm commercial where he's making seven figures, and he's at USC in L.A. where he's a bigger star than either quarterback of the Chargers or the Rams, and those guys are pretty notable. So this is a very specific case, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily an oddity moving forward when these players are getting paid in college where they don't have to leave for the NFL or they can be a little bit more selective. He's the number one prospect, but I think there's going to be another number one prospect next year, the year after that. And if they're paid the way they are in college right now, what's the rush? He's living a pretty good life as is. What about Lincoln Riley possibly coaching in the NFL as a package deal? Yeah, I'd be interested in that one. Obviously, Lincoln and him had the history with Oklahoma. And you know who else is with him in L.A. right now? Cliff Kingsbury is coaching the offense. So he's getting NFL coaching and he's getting his guy in Lincoln. He's getting it at that level. But uh, I'm not saying it's a cautionary tale with some of these college coaches. But the last couple have been rural and have been urban. Those are different styles than maybe uh, – uh, and Cliff was another one. Different style than Lincoln Riley. But I think the NFL, um, we go through these waves of hot college coach. Chip Kelly, let's bring in that offense. Let's go. I, I'm not sure any teams are, are, are running and rolling out the red carpet for their college coach right now as far as how the last few have gone, and there are some very worthy candidates in the league. I'm also uh, curious about the Cardinals as they move forward. Kyler Murray is going to practice. If you're Kyler Murray, you want to play because you want to win so they don't draft your replacement. But if you're the front office, do you want Kyler Murray to play and maybe prevent you from getting Caleb Williams and restarting your franchise? What's interesting is, you know, Kyler during the summer went to Norman, Oklahoma. They were either honoring him or they were putting a a statue of him because he won the Heisman. And all of the Cardinals brass went. The head coach, the president, the GM, the PR guy, Mark Dalton, they all flew into Norman, Oklahoma. And it was like one of these moments where I'm like, it's a summer weekend. Uh, The last thing I'm sure Monty Austin Fort needs to be doing is flying to Norman. And I started texting people in the Arizona organization and it was like, how's Kyler doing? And they're like, he's been amazing. Like at the facility, warming up at the facility rehabbing. And I think there's this vision that like, Oh, well, Kyler's done. Cause he hurt his knee. And I get the feeling that they doubled down on Kyler. They paid him his money. They fired the GM who, who signed him to that deal. They fired the head coach who, who went and drafted him first overall. But like, I get the feeling that organization in Bidwell, they are still all in on Kyler. So if they were to win a couple games with Kyler and they missed out on Caleb Williams, I don't think anyone would be shaking their fists. I think that building still believes in them. And to Kyler's credit, the narrative, at least internally, has changed. And hopefully externally, he'll be able to show it on the field this season. How real is the Aaron Rodgers coming back late this season, do you think? Very real. No, very real. He, I've spoken to Salah both on Good Morning Football and off the record and you know, the key thing is, like, these guys are not doctors. These are not individuals who are going to be telling him what he cannot do um, and what he can do. And there's not going to be anyone there to say, hey, go out there and play. We want you out there. Rodgers is wired differently, as we know, and he is committed to getting back on that field. Now, he's got the top medical staff in the world with Elitrosh and, of course, the Jets. If they tell him that this is, like, you know, possibly can ruin your career, it can actually hurt you long-term in your life, I would like to think cooler heads are prevailing, but, like, He is dead set, laser-focused on getting back before the end of the season. And if the Jets can just hang in there and make these games 
competitive. And if Zach Wilson can do enough to get them into a position where in late December, early January, they're playing relevant football, like I would not in the slightest be shocked. Rodgers seems to have a focus and the doubters are feeding him in so many ways in his life. Now, I guess he's going to defy science, which I think uh, wouldn't be odd for Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of years. He kind of to go by the beat of his own drum and thinks that his body can will this thing to happen. And here we go. Who gets traded? Hmm. I think there's interesting names. So, like, I, I would have told you two days ago, and I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, pat me on the back, but, like, Hardman was a name that hasn't been playing. Uh, you looked at Frank Clark in Denver. That wasn't working out. And, of course, Randy Gregory, what was going on there in Denver as well. But I would look at players who are making big money who not necessarily are getting big snaps. So, again, Carl Lawson, a player in the Jets. They've got a huge defensive lineman rotation. Carl Lawson can still play good football. Hasn't been in the mix necessarily with that. You look at some of the running backs in the league. You look at guys that, you know, maybe Rashawn Penny up there in Philadelphia who was a big signing, it's a big, but they got their guys. DeAndre Swift and Gainwell have been the guys. Do you ship him off to a contender instead and say, well, look, we don't have the best use for him for what he's getting snap-wise. I hate saying names. I name those two because often they don't get traded and you're like, well, what the heck? You said it. No, but those are the players that are looking to be moved. And you look at teams, you look at Denver, you know, and in Denver's situation, a lot of these guys, you know, they've been making big money with different people bringing them in. You look at Carolina. Okay, well, what can we ship off? We've done it in the past. Like, is Brian Burns available? Well, surely looks like a silly move to trade Christian McCaffrey a couple of years ago. Are they going to make that mistake twice and trade a star player and say, well, we were done for the season? Uh, big money, big snaps, and for teams that aren't necessarily contending, those are the guys I would circle. What about Derrick Henry, that possibility, or Devontae Adams? don't think Titans view like they're out of this thing. Devontae Adams, they, you know, I see the Instagram post. He's writing the Iliad on an interesting Instagram <laughs> post. They won the last two games. So, like, the, the Raiders, they, they they still think they're in this thing, and he's a great player. Now, look at, like, Hunter Renfro. In two years with Josh McDaniels, hasn't been a focus. So it's maybe Hunter Renfro a possibility. Yes, mm. but I don't think Devontae Adams. Another one, the Cousins thing. I reported this on Fox NFL kickoff last week. Yes, in fantasy football and on paper, like, Kirk Cousins, he's in his final year of his contract, and – He's making $35 million and you look at what's left, and it's actually not that bad a contract for a contender, but the Vikings still believe they're in it, and the Vikings still believe that Kirk is their best option at quarterback, and after beating the Bears, they don't see this thing as done deal, so they're looking to be competitive. So it's, I don't think you're going to get a star player like Derrick Henry or Kirk Cousins in the next couple of weeks. He hosts the season with Peter Schrager podcast, available wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, he'll be a contestant next week on yeah. Celebrity Jeopardy. Did you, already, did you already tape it? Yes. Have you done it? Uh, no, no. Um, I I have no interest in doing it. Why not? I just, I have, I don't know. You know, when they were asking Maybe. if you wanted to host Jeopardy, they were looking for a new yeah. host there. I, I turned, I told yeah. them I, I didn't want to do that. I see. I, I would think you would be incredible in that role. I had the opportunity, had Alex Trebek retired when they thought he was going to retire, then I was going to be offered the job. And then it didn't happen. I did uh, Sports Jeopardy, which I yep. loved. But no, I, I, I don't want to get on there because you're going to miss a, a, a question and people are going to go, how could you miss that? But when you're up there fighting for survival, and I would see this with these contestants, man, and you would be, it'd be the most obvious question. You'll go, Oh, no. Blank. Yes. Did you Dan, have a, I, a moment? Did you have a moment? Multiple. But let me tell you something. 
Unlike you, I am a glory hog, a fame <laughs> whore, love being on TV, and thought that this was going to be like, look, the writers were on strike, the actors were on strike, Peter Schrager for Celebrity Jeopardy. I don't think that's coming around too often. Uh, so I ran at the opportunity, Okay. flew out to L.A. Can I tell you, it was the coolest experience of my life. It films next Wednesday. It's airing next Wednesday at 8 o'clock Eastern, and I want everyone to watch. Either you like me or you hate me, you're going to enjoy the experience. But let me tell you the crazy part about it. So I had answers, but no one tells me about the buzzer. It's all about the buzzer. The timing. So here's the rule. Ken Jennings gives you the clue and say the answer is like this wide receiver, you know, caught a hundred passes for the Rams a couple of years ago. And he says it like that. So I'm like, who is Cooper cup? Who is Cooper cup? But it, you're not allowed to buzz until after he finishes the clue. And if you buzz before the clue, you're locked out for like five seconds. So if you see anyone on Jeopardy going like this, like frantically, like <laughs> it's because they buzzed early. So win or lose or whatever, the buzzer is most of the skill set here. And once you get that rhythm down, it becomes a little easier. I'll tell you, I went up against Mira Sorvino, who's won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, Mira Sorvino is a huge actress. She's, you know, Romy and Michelle and Mighty Aphrodite. Her father's Paul Sorvino. What do you think her reaction was when she comes into Celebrity Jeopardy and she sees <laughs> Peter Schrager, host of cable television's Good Morning Football? Wait, that sounded like that would have been a question by, you know, or an answer. Um, who is Peter Schrager? Yeah, nobody yeah, knows. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Mira is uh, watching Good Morning Football. Mira's here to watch the Jaguars O-line talk this morning. Um, it was awesome. They were cool. Ken Jennings was cool. Uh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I cannot reveal how I did, Okay, but I wasn't embarrassed. I'll tell you that. Did they have some football questions for you? There was, there was a couple, and I will tell you, I was making sure that I got those, and okay. I was right. But the buzzer screwed me a couple times, and people are probably going to be like, how does he not know that? But this is what I was told, that one of the contestants we had for uh, Sports Jeopardy, he said he studied my cadence in how I delivered the clue, because he wanted to know when he could buzz in. Because you're right, it's all about timing. When you it's, see, Fritzy, Fritzy would be... You know, slamming it down when the Danettes were me. on. Yes. And and this guy said he studied my cadence of how I delivered a clue Brilliant. to know the timing. And then and he was unbelievable. He would buzz in and the other guys are you could see them just slamming their thumbs down because they were shut out. Couldn't get in. Dude. You would have loved this. So I got told like eight days in advance that I'm sure someone dropped out. They're like, Do you want to go? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> so I, I get on the plane and if someone told you, like, you're on Jeopardy tomorrow, like, what would you, I swear, I was on the plane, like, Studying. you know, like Southwest, Southwest <laughs> flight, like, you know, boarding group B, and I'm, like, on Wikipedia <laughs> with the janky Wi-Fi, like, like state capitals, <laughs> clouds, I'm like, I might need to know cumulus clouds, I was, I was just, <laughs> I looked up Bonaparte, I'm like, what is, give me some Bonaparte facts, let's get Napoleon involved. None of those topics came out. It was like words that start with the letter H, you know, like nothing you can ever. So I started studying U.S. president. <laughs> like, none of it mattered. None of it mattered. Uh, it was like when I hosted the Olympics and I thought, God, I got to know every Olympian. I have to know everything yeah. about everything. And it, it, it was ruining my experience until Al Michaels goes, Dan, my man, just know the next 15 minutes. That's yes! it. That's, That's it. it. Don't know everything. Just know the next 15 minutes of what you're covering. I go, thank you, Al. Thank you.
Um, the funniest thing, just real quick, you like this? She, she's got, I'm against Mira Servino. I'm like, all right, actress. I Google her. Went to Harvard and is an ambassador <laughs> for the UN. Like, <laughs> Poll question, Seaton. Would you give that to uh, our celebrity here? Yes, <laughs> Peter Schrager. Who is Peter Schrager? Correct. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We have Trevor Lawrence is a dot, dot, dot. Top 10 quarterback. Somewhat disappointing. Hmm. Go top 10 quarterback. They've won a couple games in a row. They've won three games in a row. He's done. He's won a playoff game. Like, yeah, he's fine. He, he's not in the conversation with the other guys just yet, but we've been watching him since high school. Yeah. We've been hearing about him since high school. And for him not to fall on his face is an achievement in itself. And I think he makes the Jaguars relevant come de December and January. So, yeah, I'm going to say the first part, top 10 quarterback, sure. How threatening are the Saints? I don't know. They're like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they beat the, the, the snot out of the Patriots, and then they lose a tough one in Houston. They're a nice team, and they're probably going to win that division. I would think that them and Tampa are going to be in the final conversation. But, like, I – are you going into the Superdome is hard. I don't know if you're, you know, shaking in your boots in the playoffs if you're a, a Niners or an Eagles team and Derek Carr and Dennis Allen are coming to town. Good luck uh, on Celebrity Jeopardy. Well, you already know how you did, but uh, you yeah. know we're we're with you. A hundred. It was a blast. Hundred and ten percent. We're with you. Yeah. Uh, now some of us are rooting for uh, Mira Sorbino. Just want to let you know. Yeah. She just, brings it. Did, no names. You. No names here, but just some people. Secretly, you're like, I'm not rooting for Schrager. That's it. Servino. I understand. Um, my best to the crew there at uh, Good Morning Football. You're the man. The Thank best. you, buddy. Thank you, guys. That's Peter Schrager. He's uh, one of the co-hosts there Good Morning Football, Monday through Friday at 7 Eastern. Very entertaining show. You do a great job. Also, his podcast, The Season, with Peter Schrager. You spelled it S-C-H-R-A-G-E-R. -E podcast available wherever you get your podcast. And also... He's a celebrity on Celebrity Jeopardy. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday night football, the Jags... One-point underdogs against the Saints, over-under listed at 40. All right, we have Chris Collinsworth coming up. He has the Sunday night game Eagles and the Dolphins. But first, I want to bring in Mike Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and contributor to Football Night in America, because we saw a story back in, I think, July that hinted at Caleb Williams maybe wanting a piece of the franchise, if he whoever he's drafted by. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, did he ask for a piece of the team? And I'm curious that it got so much traction because you can't, it's not allowable, but it surfaced again. And then I thought, is somebody maybe trying to sabotage Caleb Williams now, putting it out there again? And so I thought, let me get Mike Florio here to help us understand this. Go back to the story, the genesis of it, and how we got to this moment now with Caleb Williams, Mike. Let me make it as simple as possible, Dan. Back in July, when the league approved the sale of the commanders to Josh Harris, one of the other items of business was to slam the door on any equity transfers to players or non-players, period. Now, you don't just make those decisions out of thin air. You do it because you're aware that some stuff may be going on and it may be an issue, so the league preemptively says, this can't happen. In the immediate aftermath of that, sources that I trust very deeply, not to be confused with the sources I don't trust but still (laughs) listen to, but sources I trust very deeply said, number one, Aaron Rodgers had been trying to shake a little equity out of the Woody Johnson tree, and now that's over. And also, Caleb Williams' dad had been telling prospective agents that's one of the things he's looking for. Now, look, does Caleb Williams' dad understand how it works? No, but it doesn't matter once they slam the door on it. And I think what happened, Dan, was he had a bad game Saturday night, and it's a perfect opportunity to crap on Caleb Williams. So these Twitter bot accounts start dusting off a three-month-old story to make Caleb look unreasonable, even though it's completely irrelevant to anything that's happening now. That's it in a nutshell. Okay. Is Caleb Williams saying that there's only five teams that he would want to play for? Is that I true? Saw that, I, I saw that somewhere on Twitter, yeah. and I haven't seen it sourced to anyone. Look, I think Caleb Williams and his dad are in the process of trying to understand what leverage he has and how to go about using it. For the NFL, this is like Haley's Comet. It happens once every 21 years. John Elway did it in 83. Eli Manning does it in 04. Is Caleb Williams going to do it? One of these guys is going to do it because they're either going to stay in school for another year or they're going to have enough money in the bank from their NIL payments that they can say, if you draft me, I'm sitting out the whole year and doing it all over again. So I think they're just in the process of figuring out what their leverage is and how they're willing to use it. All right. Thank you, Mike. See ya. That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. And now we bring in Chris Collinsworth, Football Night in America, Sunday Night Football. 
Are you following all of this stuff, Chris, with Caleb Williams? What's going on, what he wants, and what's true and what's not true? Uh, we got to unmute you, Chris. Is that us, that Marvin? Oh. All right. We'll figure this out with... Uh, oh, your setup was gorgeous. It was. It was. I thought so. Blowing nicely. Thank you. Thank you. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, Paul. Going back to the Caleb Williams story, the other sports outlets this week, yeah. and I use media outlets, air quoting, mm. they're not putting it in the same perspective Mike Florio did. That his dad inquired with agents that, is this even possible? You see articles out there, Caleb Williams wants a piece of ownership if he's going to the NFL. Let's try this again with Chris Collinsworth. Chris, what do you make of all this Caleb Williams talk? Well, for being on your show, I'd like to have a piece of your show. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think that would. That I think would, we can arrange that. that. You know, the okay. piece I'm going to give you is Fritzy. You can have Fritzy. Yeah. <laughs> Fritzy. All right. I'll, I'll full, take Fritzy. Full yeah. ownership there. Yeah. Full all right. Ownership. Send him over. Yep. Send him over. We'll go to work with him. So, what do you make of the Caleb Williams story? Um, why not? Right. I mean, you can take a shot at anything you want. And more and more, we're seeing um, family members involved with negotiations, at least when it, as it comes to agents. And if I heard the story correctly, it was the dad trying to tell agents that they would like to have a piece of a team. So it didn't make its way all the way to Caleb's agent, as I heard it asking for it it was the dad talking to the agents about it and i, I mean i shoot i've been in a few negotiations myself over the years i you ask for a lot of things it doesn't mean you're going to end up with it so uh, i mean this kid's obviously a, a special player he's going to have options that nobody has ever had before coming out of college including staying at usc or going to any other school that he would like to go to because uh, of the uh, the nature of college football right now so um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think in many ways he is going to be the next or the first real test case of how far can a great player, in, in particular a great quarterback, push the limits of the NFL. Because remember, you've got the rookie wage scale. You've got a lot of things to where if somebody at USC comes up with some monster number, like why would he not stay? And And I've always thought the one – possible competitor to the NFL would be college football because you've got that core base of fans built into it. I think as the SEC and, and the Big Ten sort of take over the universe, we're going to see almost an AFC and NFC kind of rivalry. And we know historically uh, how that had gone. But is there a case, I, I can make a case that Caleb Williams value to USC is really a lot bigger than what he's getting paid. Because I, I, I was on the radio show one time and I said something about, I'll bet you the amount of money the University of Kentucky gets when they win a national championship, not to the college, not to the sports fund, but to the general university fund is probably double when they win the national championship in basketball. For three hours on the radio, on WLW radio in Cincinnati, I was told what a complete idiot that I was, how stupid I was. I was so beat down, Dan. I really did. I believed them. And it turned out they were right. It wasn't twice as much. It was five times as much. 
And so now if you take that and Caleb Williams is stirring the pot and they're getting all these rich alum from USC coming in the pot, are they making an extra $100 million? Well, if they are, can we give him $20 million of it? Well, if we do, does that keep him in college? You know, there's, there's situations here that we haven't even discussed yet that are going to be fun to watch. We're talking to Chris Collinsworth, a full introduction, the former Bengals wide receiver, majority owner of Pro Football Focus, and uh, he'll be on the call with Mike Tirico. That'll be Sunday night, Dolphins-Eagles, 8.20 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. I'll give you Tua or I'll give you Jalen Hurts. You got to pick between the two. Wow, which offense do I get to run? You're starting your team. There's no offense yet. Yeah, um, I, I think I think I might take Mike McDaniel. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, so so here's here's one of the things a defensive coordinator in the league said to me about Tua, said that he thinks he's the next Drew Brees because he, his ability to read things so quickly and they're playing in that West Coast offense and he's always been a footwork guy. The thing I loved about him coming out of Alabama and everybody always wants to talk about arm strength and it's so overdone. I mean, you have to have a certain level of arm strength in order to play in this league. He has that. But then it's the ability to process quickly like Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco in the same offense process quickly and throw the ball to windows you're not throwing it to a guy he is not out there throwing it to Jalen Waddle he is throwing it to a five by five window on that deep in cut and basing it on the footwork that he has and Tua is one of the best I've seen coming out and the comparison to Drew was a was a, a pretty good one yeah. a guy who nobody talked about his arm strength right but his ability to process, get the ball out of his hand, throw it in the right window, anticipate throws, all those kinds of things. So I do think that Tua, while maybe if he were in Buffalo, would not be what Josh Allen is, you know, because you've got to have the huge arm and a big hand and bad weather and all those kinds of things. But playing in Miami, playing in great weather, and playing in this style of offense, I'll take Drew Brees all day in that style. And, and I think that's that's the fit. And in Philadelphia – you know, you've got a team that's built around their offensive line and their ability to run the football. And we're going to see because Miami struggled a little bit against Carolina trying to, to you know, run the football there or stop the run there. So this, this style of offense, this run-first approach in Philadelphia, that as soon as you start playing the run, they've got Devontae Smith on the outside and A.J. Brown. Now you got those guys one-on-one. -on -one. That's a headache. That's a problem out there. So I, the quarterbacks are where they should be. I don't know you flip-flop these two quarterbacks, and it makes much sense. If Brock Purdy is a, an MVP candidate, why is Jared Goff not one? It's a great question. I, you know, I think that we saw them beat Kansas City uh, on opening night, and there's something about this team, and it goes back to a season ago. I mean, they won, what was it, eight out of their last ten, something like that and then jump out to the start that they are here. So this is a team now that is playing. I, I, I think the hard part for most people to wrap their head around is that if he were really that good of a player, why isn't he still in L.A., right? You know, and I mean, it's, it's not like Sean doesn't know what he's doing out there. So 
Um, you know, I, I, that's probably the answer, but we're a long way to go. I mean, these seasons are so long. I, I feel like I've been calling a game every week now for the last six years, and we're not even to the halfway point here. So, you know, everybody always says, well, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl and who's going to do that? I'm like, tell me who's playing in January, right? Tell me what the lineup looks like in January, and I'll tell you which team it is that I like because it's such a war of attrition. You never know who's still going to be standing at the end of the season. We saw just taking out Lane Johnson for Philadelphia had a major impact on that game the other day, the right tackle. So, you know, a lot of these guys are people that you know and that you know well, but so many times it's the offensive and defensive line, which Philadelphia, every year they're drafting an offensive or a defensive lineman, right? They're going to try and win in the trenches down there. And they got away with a second-round pick at quarterback who ends up being, uh, you know, playing one of the great games we've seen in Super Bowl history, except for one play. Uh, speaking of the trenches, it feels like competition committee looking at that brotherly shove, the uh, you know, the tush push. Man, it feels like it's too predictable, almost like extra points, and that they may want to take it away. Uh, where do you where do you, what do you think the future is of that play? I love that play. Okay. I, I hope they never take that play away. The reason I love the play is a former offensive guy. There's nothing better than walking up to the line of scrimmage and basically telling the defense, we are running right there, right there, and you can't stop it. Boomer Esiason one time were playing the Buffalo Bills. I want to say, I think it was in the AFC Championship game. And, uh, and he goes up to the line of scrimmage, and he starts pointing at Bruce Smith over Anthony Munoz. And he goes, hey, Bruce, Bruce, we're running right there. Anthony <laughs> Munoz is the greatest player in the world. We're running right there, and we're scoring a touchdown. And Anthony, you can see him on the film. He's like, he's like waving. You know, he's like, he's like, shut up. Like, what are you doing? And he comes, he comes over to me on the sideline and he goes, Chris, Chris, you got to get Boomer to shut up. He's just pissing off, you know, Bruce over there. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just trying to talk him into throwing me the ball. I don't care what he does with Bruce Smith over there. You crazy. Uh, What, uh, what's the fan base that gets the most upset at you? Cincinnati. No you picked question. them to win the Super Bowl this year. I know. I know. As soon as I did, they started losing games. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, I had one lady one time. She, uh, so I was in a doctor's office, and I go in, and, and so she's mad at me. I can tell she's mad at me. And I was like, oh, man, I must have forgot to, you know, pay her or, you know, do the paperwork or something, whatever they get mad at you in doctor's offices for. And I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, what's up here? What, what, what's the problem? And she goes, I listened to the game the other night. They scored four touchdowns in that game, and you didn't say who they after one single one of them. I'm like, <laughs> I go, um, yeah, no, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to say it. But they expect me to root for the Bengals. So when I got the Super Bowl the year that the Bengals were in it, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is death here. There's no way. Either I'm going to be a complete homer in the eyes of the Rams fans, or I'm going to be a complete jerk in the eyes of the Bengals fans. I mean, it was, remember the old TV show Dragnet, you know, just the facts, ma'am. I I was, I was just the facts, ma'am. in 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 that Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence poll question, Uh, Seton, give Chris the wording on that. See where Chris uh, falls on it. The wording is Dan, Trevor Lawrence is dot, dot, dot. 
A top 10 quarterback or somewhat disappointing? Um, I'm going to say a top 10 quarterback. I, 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 I don't know that I would have said that originally, um, but I do think that Doug Peterson has had an impact on him. Um, he's better than what he was in, you know, it's, it's so funny that, that these guys that get drafted high, right. They get multiple opportunities. I mean, think it, think if, if Trevor Lawrence were a fifth round pick that happened to get to play right in his first year. And that was all we saw. We saw one year he was a fifth round pick and that was it. We would have collectively, I think gone, he doesn't have it right? He doesn't have it. And they would have moved on and he would have been one of those second string guys that bounce from team to team until he's out of football. But when they're the first overall pick, you've seen it somewhere and you just keep, you just keep giving them the ball or you change coaches or you do like the belief is that he's going to get there. And I always wonder how many guys would have, if they would have been given the three or the four year window of opportunity could have worked their way out of it and become something, you know, but if you're even a second round draft pick or a late first round draft pick, it seems like you get seven, eight, nine games and it's, you're not making magic out there. They're, they're turning the page. So I, I think that I, there's enough of an upward trajectory here to where I think you go. Yeah. If, that, if, if I only got to take the top 10 guys and I got one of those 10 and he were one of the 10, would I take him? Yes, I would. Good to talk to you, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Have fun on Sunday night. Thank you, Dan. Good seeing you, buddy. That's Chris Collinsworth, Football Night in America. He'll be there with Mike Tirico, 820 Eastern. It'll be the Eagles and the Dolphins. Here's a name. Now, maybe not a popular name with a lot of people, but for MVP candidacy, Tyreek Hill. Is Tyreek Hill more valuable to that Dolphin offense than Tua? And I'm just talking about this season because Tyreek Hill, there's nobody like Tyreek Hill in the NFL. And I don't know if it's because off the field stuff with Tyreek Hill that, uh, you know, he's not in the conversation, but he should be. Uh, You know, whether we like you or not, are you an MVP candidate? And he's been dynamic. Yes, Pauline. Tyreek Hill this year is averaging 136 yards receiving per game. Now, if you, you know wow. that would clearly break the single season yeah. total number record. But if even if you went with a, there's never been a receiver in in history to average more than 126 yards a game in a season, where it's at least nine or ten games. It was like Wes Chandler in an eight game season. Yeah, did 126. He's at 135.7. He's not in the uh, on the short list of MVP candidates right now. Tua is leading, but Tyreek Hill could get 2,000 yards this year. And he, to me, is when, when you go out on the field and you go, okay, how many guys do we have that are better than your guys? You start with Tyreek Hill. You go, that guy's better than anybody you have. And he is going to, it's inevitable, he's going to make plays. But he should be in an MVP conversation. And Jared Goff should be as well. I, I think we, because Jared Goff got traded from the Rams and they won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, Therefore, Jared Goff wasn't good or isn't good. But he has been in the last 16 games. He's been unbelievable. You could put his numbers on the last 16 games, dating back to the second half of last year and this year. He's as good as any quarterback in the NFL. 
The numbers show that. And even this year, he's, you know, there's only, two is the only guy who has, you know, uh, better stats, I think, than Jared Goff does this year. And that's being in the top five in, you know, TD to interception ratio, completion percentage and yards. And, you know, there's, he's done what you want. Because the, the Lions, we think of their, their coach, Dan Campbell. I mean, they are kind of a, a faceless franchise that we think of the players who used to be there. When you think of the Lions, you're like, oh, Barry Sanders, Megatron. You know, we, we, we think of what they had before, not necessarily what they have now, other than they have a great team. And that coach is the one who gets the, he's the focal point. Normally it's the quarterback, but it's, I don't think people want to embrace Jared Goff and say, yep, you know, this isn't fool's gold. This is real. And he's got 16 games where they've gone 13 and three of those last 16 games. So he's doing something right. Yes, Mark. What do you think the Lions would consider to be a successful season? I'd say probably you win two playoff games. I would think so. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for Lions fans who have been waiting for any kind of success. It might be, no, I, we want to go to the Super Bowl or we want to go to an NFC title game. I would think if you had two wins, that, that's successful. If you get to the Super Bowl, what a great story. But I don't, I mean, they're starved for, hey, we want to make sure we make the playoffs and we host a playoff game and we win a playoff game. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, if the 49ers don't make the Super Bowl, the Lions would be my pick. I would love to see Detroit fans all over. Those, no, one, no one's seen it. No Lions fan has seen them be that successful ever. Well, I think you've got to go back to the mid-40s when they won a championship. Yeah, so no one living no. has seen them. Well, no. maybe a couple, well, right? A couple people, probably. Well, how old would you, let's say you were 10 in 1945. Do the math, do the math. You'd be like, what, 88 years old at least? Okay. Yeah, there's probably somebody who's still alive. They might be listening to us, or you'd never, never know. Yes, Todd? Who had a they? hip? Uh, Ooh, yeah, yes. Somebody who's laid up. Just got my hip worked on, so. Cut oh, the show. wait, wait, wait. They, they won in 57. Yeah, the Detroit Lions won the World Championship, as it's called, in, mm, in 1957, okay. 1953, and 1952. Okay. Yes, Todd? What would be the best AFC story? Bills, Bengals, Browns? If we're looking at the Lions on the NFC side, reaching the Super Bowl this year would be great for who? Hmm. I would say the Bills only if the Bills win. Because if they go back and then they lose, I mean, then it's abandoned ship. It just feels like nobody will ever go, I'm going to pick the Bills this year. Yes, Mark. And as a Bills fan, you're going to say we lost to the Lions. No matter how good the Lions oh. are, just historically, yeah. losing to the Lions would just not be a good look for Bills fans. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.